All right, what's up, Freedom Chasers? Today we've honored we're honored to have James Tates, the life coach at the helm of Soul Tribe Transformations, with a powerful powerful narrative woven around self-discovery, resilience, and the journey to finding one's true purpose. James is here to share insights from his transformative experiences, from the challenges he overcame to the lessons learned along the way. Prepare to be inspired by his unique approach to life and coaching. James, welcome to the Freedom Chasers podcast, man. No, thanks for having me, Tim. I really appreciate it. Glad to be on, man. Absolutely, man. And we are stoked to have you. So first off, We'll ask you the easiest question and we'll dive a little bit deeper, man. Why did you get into life coaching? How did this approach you and where did it come from, basically? The the irony of that question, I thought I was honestly going to play football. And I sitting at 5'9", 225, that's obviously not an option at this point, right? Um, especially being a 36-year-old man. So, no, um, <laughs> no, what got me into coaching, man, it's actually coaching – coaching found me to be honest with you. So a little bit about it. So um, I'm pretty sure we had a few of ours ourselves in our lives. We went through some type of pandemic awakening as to what some call um, for me, a little bit about me, um, military veteran. So I served in the Marine Corps and in the army and, um, and I deal with PTSD. That's, that's, that's why I'm in a nutshell. Right. And during that time, and back in 2020, 2021-ish, um, I was dealing with a lot of stuff in my personal life from the place of, you know, upbringing, um, my military path, um, just everything in general. And it came, everything just came to the surface. And what better time than the pandemic, right? Um, and on top of that, I was dealing with a lot of stress from the place of being in survival mode. And for those that don't know what survival mode is, it's essentially like from let's put it like this and from my from my upbringing so uh, from that place of survival mode is more so of like my parents arguing uh going through it you know the physical the physical abuse the verbal abuse having to jump from like house to house moving and and so forth like we're talking about back to when we I was using the oven just to have heat in the house or boiling hot water to take even take a decent bath during the winter months right and you get to a place to where that's all that you know in terms of trying to survive the moment survive the day and you fast forward to this moment to where it takes over you uh, in terms of your personal life relationships and um essentially from that place going into as everything came to the surface from the place of survival mode and recognizing how it affected my relationship uh, at home and at work and the stress that was induced because at that time, again, when you get to survival mode, as much as you grow, your traumas grow with you, right? So in survival mode, I was at a place to where I was just trying to get promoted as fast as possible, chase the bag. And I I found myself steamrolling, never took time to reflect and essentially almost committed suicide uh, back in, what was it, April or May, went to rehab and for that two weeks, um, that's when everything really changed. Um, I'm more on the spiritual side of the house. So I, I, I remember exactly when I prayed to, you know, to God. And from there, that minute after, I remember it was like during the springtime and this cold wind just wrapped around me. It just, it shook me. And from there, you know, I told, I told God, like, please like help me. I promise I'll stay off the PlayStation for a little bit. And, and, and stay away from Madden and Call of Duty for a bit. But aside from that, on a serious note, 
everything changed. And when I got back home, I went through a place of disassociation and, and really being in solitude after that. Um, yeah, I remember I went, we came back to work and I applied for a leadership role. I thought everything was good. I'm healed. Really not. Um, and then from there, essentially I didn't get the job. And then to your, to your question, I remember I went on, um, Facebook and essentially after Facebook, I, I came across trying to find funny memes to cheer myself up and then boom, do you want to be a coach? And I remember being up at three fourteen exactly that morning, just essentially just sitting there and it just hit me. I just, and then I talked to friends and it was like, you should have been doing this. You do this every day. And that's when I had to really sit back to myself and reflect. It, it was a, a game changer from there. Absolutely, man. There is so much to dive into already. So let's um, uh, let's get a little bit more granular um, because that was not a, a a quick quick intro there. That was a very in depth story. So let's let's talk about the military and PTSD first, mainly because that's the first note I have written down. Um, do you have PTSD yourself, or do you assist other people navigating through the PST, PTSD? Rather, um, I have PTSD. Uh, so there's like different variants of PTSD. Uh, for those that don't know, so I suffer from complex PTSD. So that's like, at least in my, from what I've researched and what I've read up and experienced personally, it is constant trauma. It's like lifelong trauma. So like the upbringing, um, living, it's essentially, if I could simplify it, living in survival mode. Um, having this and like when you start living your life in the bad, that's all that you know. Everything is like connected to a lost, Right. Um, so that's where it comes in for me, but yes, in terms of like PTSD, um, I do talk to people, I do talk to people about it, um, from there, but in terms of the coaching piece, that's something I haven't dove deep into as of yet. Um, ideally in my why behind it is usually when you go through that, that journey, the roadmap of coaching or healing per se is usually you have your trauma. Then you go through Mm -hmm. the place of like, Hey, I need help. You go through you yeah. go through a therapist, and then after that, it's like, hey, I'm ready to take over my life, and that's where the coaching comes into play. So, I'm more on the um, the closing stratosphere of you know the coaching piece, but just something to keep in mind: healing is always a, a continuous journey. There's always mm-hmm. something to learn from that aspect. No question, man. Thank you for opening up about mental health. Um, I not the same disorder, but I have quite a few. Um, <laughs> so um, I love to get into this stuff because I think it's really important, especially you opening up about um, the suicide. I don't remember if it was a suicide attempt or if it was something you wanted to do. I could relate to that too. I was at one point just totally lost everything. So what I like to tell people is that the beauty of being at rock bottom is that there's really no lower. Um, and I know that's kind of cliche. A lot of people say that, um, but it's a, beautiful frame of reference because I, I experienced this period of trauma. Whenever anything goes bad now, everything is relative, man. I could just be like, well, this is tough, but relative to this thing, this is like, it's nothing. It's like a two out of 10. It's nothing. So it makes life a whole lot easier. So I would love to talk about what led you to those suicidal thoughts and how did you overcome them? Oh man. Those suicidal thoughts was from a place of the the lack of awareness, to be honest with you. When you're living in survival mode, you're constantly going through a pattern of negative thoughts and asking yourself why is certain things not happening in your life? 
why don't you have that, you know, why are you not living that white picket fence, you know, lifestyle, right? And again, as you evolve, if you're evolving on, on a negative frequency, you're going to, your negative, you know, patterns. Will. So that's where it comes into play. Um, so for me, you know, in terms of dealing with the, the suicide att- uh, attempt, it was, I guess, from that place, from the pandemic, with everything just changing, the dis- it's like forced, when you go through that pandemic, it was forced disassociation forced, you know, lack of connection. And when you start really feeling like that was the first time in a very long time, I felt alone, like where I really like sat into that. And that's where that fear came in. And it was like, I can't do this no more. And just like to what you said, you said the perfect phrase, the rock bottom piece, right? That's when it all like, that's when I felt it, that that negative shift. But you got to keep in mind too, and I and I come from I try to portray myself as an optimistic person, but behind that rock bottom, you know, you can only go up at that point, right? And that's where, for me, that's where it all changed. It was a struggle. It was a struggle having to deal with, you know, the suicide attempt, having to deal with like being forced to sit and reflect on my life as a whole. And when you're in that pandemic piece, you're just sitting down. That's where it comes into play. Um, it, it forced me to sit with everything, and that's when everything came to the surface. Absolutely. Um, so for you, because um, I know for me, there's like a very specific point. I actually ended up in a hospital as well, and then like me leaving the hospital was like an epiphany point for me. It's like I'm never going to let this happen again. This was an experience that is just it's behind me. I'm going to improve. Um, no matter what, did you have a single oh. moment like that? What was it more a gradual experience for you? Oh man, that's a really good question. It was like that. I had various uh, thoughts in my past. Um, obviously, I didn't act on those in the past from that aspect, but you know, it was one of those things to where it was just rolled off the cuff and rolled just rolled off as such. So that's where it came into play. Um, that's, so for me, I would say in terms of the granular piece from there, yeah, it was quite a bit. Like I remember, you know, growing up parents, parents having to go through divorce, bouncing back and forth, uh, dealing with foreclosure. It was a lot. It was a lot. And I remember having to leave the football team you know, because we had to transition to another school. And then when we transitioned to another school, dealing with racism for the first time, it was, it was insane. It was, it was nuts. So it was like a culture shock, but from that aspect, it was always constantly, you know, I never had took the time to sit back and reflect. It was like, I was living my life for like a good amount of time, steamrolling, just rolling into the next experience, just rolling into the next experience. And yeah, it adds up as time goes along. Yeah, no kidding. You don't. It does. And you mentioned trauma grows with you. So yes, like constantly being in survival mode and, and going from one challenge to the next, I think it conditions you because I could relate to this experience as well. Um, life is relative. So you get used to being constantly under struggle. Um, so I like to tell people I find comfort in chaos when things are too 
too level-headed and, and everything seems normal, that's actually when my anxiety starts to spike. <laughs> Do you have that same challenge or I'm just curious? <laughs> oh man. Yeah. It's like all because you have, like I have PTSD. It's, it's not something to where it just doesn't go away. Right. It just doesn't go away. I think what, what heals it to a degree is awareness. Awareness and, co- and being cognizant of, of what's going on with you. Um, I go through, I, I talk with my therapist and we talk about body scanning, right? Just taking a moment to like sit with yourself. Keep in mind when I did my attempt, when I went through my suicide attempt, I was forced to sit with it. And now that I'm dealing with it face to face from a place of like not being afraid of it and just sitting with it like, hey, how do I feel? There's nothing wrong with acknowledging within yourself, like, hey, how do I feel? Like, what do I want to feel like today? Um, and these questions sound so so basic within self, but they make a difference. Your, your, your thoughts become your environment. Your words become your environment, right? And when you think about it from the place of, to what we just mentioned, from the place of really, like, sitting with yourself and, and being in tune with yourself, it goes a long way. Um, for me, I got in, like, I remember I was introduced to meditation and it just, it just changed everything for me. It changed everything for me from a place of like being able to slow my entire day down and reflecting, um, and getting from a place of improvement in the moment like that. It goes a long way. Mind you, I was, I was living my life as a rolling stone, just steamrolling and just living experience, experience, experience never took the time to actually like acknowledge like, Hey, am, am I okay? Like, is everything going to be okay from there? Like, how is my day going? What do I want to change? You know, what do I have going on? You know, and just being at grips to like being okay with like not being okay at times. It's easy to be okay in the good, but dealing with the, you know, the not so good, that's where, you know, you can find solace and peace within that. And being like, hey, I'm no, I'm a human. It's okay not to be okay, and just you know, just sit with it. No kidding, man. Um, awareness is a wonderful thing. Mindfulness, as you're getting into, I think everybody should be more mindful, whether or not you have a mental illness. I mean, seriously, just go. Um, as you mentioned, body scanning. There's something called Yoga Nidra. I'm kind of into. It's basically a body scan, <laughs> um, but it slows down. I mean, you're just identifying body parts, and you're like, "This is stupid." When you first start doing, it, and then you actually feel a state of calm, and you're like, "Oh, this is actually relaxing." Uh, I need to relax my left pinky toe. This is kind of weird. But then you do it, and it's like, oh, you actually feel a gradual sense of calmness come over you. And when you realize that there is a mind-body connection um, mm-hmm. that you can control, um, you realize you can control things to a degree, like anxiety and stuff like that, which I'm sure you have experience with having PTSD. Um so um, I would love to move this along to brighter pastures. Um, so like what got you, obviously you've had a bunch of epiphanies, man. Like what got you teaching other people how to use the strategies that you've used on your own life? Oh my goodness. It was actually within my, my, my previous job, just watching, like once it hit me and I made my changes, I was able to see, you know, the projection of the outside world and how the outside world was feeling from the place of what it is that they were going through. And once I became aware of myself, I then realized that I then realized that, you know, that others around me 
it's like, oh, they were feeling the same way. Oh, it wasn't just me. I thought I was trapped being inward on the negative and come to find out, it's like, oh my goodness, this is insane. Like everybody is just like me to a degree, like the burnout. And when you let's look at it from a worldly perspective for a second, right? From the worldly perspective, when when we get into it, we're in a more creative and, and socially accepting environment. So that's where it comes into play. Um, when you really think about it, I remember I talked to a former colleague and I told him like, we, we talked, we chopped it up for a bit. We talked about how the evolution of our social, you know, environment has evolved, right? From the aspect of before then, it was like the nine to five, wake up, go to school, graduate, do the deed, get the job, be happy, right? And now we're coming into with the pandemic, People was forced to leave their jobs. People was forced to, um, you know, just quit, quiet quitting. And now people are stepping into their own creative, you know, people are stepping into their own creative endeavors. And that's where it has evolved. Um, So that's where it comes into play. Um, So for me, it was recognizing that and really like tying my story into it revolving around my story then to evolving the environment it's all it's always a revolve to evolve right just reflecting on that and really like what can i do to play a part to evolve so that's the biggest thing uh from there i think really recognizing that that's where it comes into play and being passionate about that to where it's like it's more sense of like you know tapping into your own inner rebel that's where it comes into play I like that. Tapping into your own inner rebel. I think we all got a little one, at least. Mine's a little bit too big. I need to push that guy out the room sometimes. But um, <laughs> I can hear you, though. Um, I, I can hear you there, man. Um, so let's let's talk about resilience and perseverance a bit. So obviously, you mentioned you need to steamroll or you had to steamroll from one thing to the next. And that's important. Um, if I find one constant when I interview people that are having success in life, it's it's people that could go. It's often from failure to failure. Um, so I like to tell people failure is the way it's those that give up that are not getting where they want to go. And I know that's mm-hmm. cliche. Everybody said that. Everybody has said that you could like literally Teddy Roosevelt. Who else? Um, like this is a quote that's been oft repeated, but it's repeated because it's true. That's why these things are cliche. So let's talk about um the lessons you've learned persevering through such trauma and also um, any advice you have for other people in a similar um, location. Oh man. It was something I had to recognize within myself from a place of perseverance. I hear it from everybody else. Like, Oh, you're a strong individual. You're, you tend to persevere. And again, I was steamrolling. Like, I, I guess that's the word of the day steamroll. Right. And, from that place, I never really took time to reflect. However, to that point, I've learned by sitting with myself and just reflecting, even whether it's in the moment, the start of the day, the end of the day, just taking that time, I found that I came up with my most creative ideas just sitting in, in sitting in solitude. And I, or I guess better yet, appreciating solitude, right? Um, just really it it allowed me to like, really like, all right, what happened today? What could have been done differently? And from there, you know, where can I go with this? 
or how can I turn this around? What did I learn from this? Right. And when you really think about it from that place of reflection, Tim, it like reflection is key. Reflection and awareness is like key in everything, right? Like we, we talked about it um in terms of like when we get when we catch fire in our businesses, right? Things just start moving, start moving, start moving. And this is like a different type of race you're running. This is a different success you're feeling. Every this is a different good, a different environment that's that you're feeling and you don't want it to stop. There's a fear in that. However, when you take the moment when you when you reprogram your mind from the aspect of like, you know what? Let me just sit back for a second. Hold on. All of this stuff is happening. There's so much good in this, you know. And for me, I had to get my kids involved into it. So that's what helped me, to be honest with you. Like, how do I get the things that are most important in my life involved into this to this race? If I'm going to be racing, there's everybody coming down with me. You know, <laughs> everybody coming with me. So, you know, you can't be great by yourself. And by adding people to your race, in a sense, those are the people that's also going to keep you accountable. Those are the people that's also going to keep you in a position to where it's like, hey, you are having a lot of success. Let's slow down for a bit. You know, I'm not going to drive home from Virginia all the way to California without taking a pit stop. I I, I, I don't, I can't do that. <laughs> you know, so at some point I got to take a pit stop or have people around me to take a pit stop to where it's like, hey, let's reflect on, the, on this for a bit. And behind that reflection, so many more ideas come about. There's so much more expansion within yourself. There's so much more that, that comes to it. It's, it gets it gets pretty knee deep, you know. When we get caught in that race and we're just running that straight line, it gets to a point to where it's going to come to a stop. When you take to a, when you take um take stock to yourself, take inventory of yourself, it, it goes further. So, to the people, right? That's uh that's dealing with it. First and foremost, it's going to get better. Don't let one thing I've learned, and I will share this to the people that's listening to this. I had to learn that my path is maturing me for something greater. Right. Mm -hmm. We always ask ourselves like, why is this happening to me? Like, Oh my God. You know, but when you really think about it, it's like, I had to recognize within myself that I went through a maturation process of my life for me to get to this point right now. Mm -hmm. Right. And it gets, it gets really knee deep. And it's like, once you start taking again, stock, reflect becoming aware of your path who you are who you're growing to be it mm-hmm. it can go it can go far it gives it gives you time for your mind to expand as far as where you where you want to go and how you want to leave your impact um and legacy within the world itself so mm-hmm. it's one of those things you have to keep pushing through you have to make a decision you got to keep pushing through Everyone who listens to our show knows Matt and I are passionate about obtaining financial freedom through real estate investing. We also know that everyone's situations and goals are different. And while there are programs out there that show you a path to financial freedom, many of these programs are just too cookie cutter and don't take your personality, situation, and desired outcome into account. Think about the number of times you have watched a guru online and tried to do the exact same thing as they did, but had nowhere near the same results. You are not alone. When I got started, I was continually paying for courses and getting only partial results until I discovered the path that made sense for me. 
And the results prove this. Most online course creators have let us in on their dirty secret that 90 to 95% of their students never complete their course and achieve their desired outcome. This is why we have opened up a few one-on-one coaching slots with Freedom Chasers Coaching, where you can get a plan to financial freedom that is completely customized to fit who you are and where you want to go and most importantly, how you want to get there, where you can get a plan to financial freedom that is completely customized to fit who you are, where you want to go, and how you want to get there. The benefit of working with Matt and I is that we are interviewing between 5 and 20 successful people every single week. We have accumulated hundreds of seven-figure strategies and gotten the inside scoop from these successful entrepreneurs. We are able to work with you to pick the strategy that will fit the best and then help you create the custom plan and steps to take you quickly into financial freedom. The fastest way between two points is a straight line. If you want to get rid of the many curves in the road that can make the journey longer and more costly, then go to coaching.freedomchaserspodcast.com and book a call with us and let's get you on a straight line path to freedom. Absolutely. I love how you mentioned you brought your kids along and got them involved. It's nice to, to have a team. Um, a teamwork is, is, is comp, or a team could accomplish far more than any single person. And it's also just a lot of people moving in the same direction. Things start to change, man. I love the reflection and awareness bit. I would like to just throw action on there. If you take a lot of action on what you want to accomplish, don't even care about the results. Reflect on your actions and then make micro adjustments to those actions until they work. It's really that simple. Until, until you keep doing that, eventually you'll figure it out. I don't know what your time horizon is. It could be three months. It could be six years, but you will figure it out if you keep trying. And I, and I love that. I love how you said that, too, because the one thing that we, we all get attached to is the outcome. Once we detach from the outcome and start being in love with the process, it goes a long way. It's like you're being your own sensei. You're 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 mastering your own discipline, right? Your mind, you you your mind is your own dojo. Your heart, your heart is like your own inner warrior. And it's like it was something I said to a, another coach. It's like life is like a math problem, right? I like I'm in my days going to school, and I guess this is where my age is flashing a bit, right? But my days going to school, my math teacher used to make us. When we do a problem, we have to show our work. How did we get this answer? You know, mm-hmm. I was terrible at it, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> it was like back in the day we had Scantron, so we had to bubble in whatever answer. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> <laughs> but uh, essentially, what I mean by life is a math problem, right? The work that you do, that's where it comes into play. That inner work that you do is that that math problem you're trying to solve. And once you get that answer, you start to show your work. The out the projection that you have towards the outer world and what's reflected back to you, that's how your work is going to be shown, um, in a sense. Mm-hmm. And that's where it goes a long way. Once you 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 fall in love with the process and you start seeing the small changes that's leading to the outcome and detaching yourself from the outcome of it all, it there's there's joy in that because you're starting to see progress. Mm-hmm. You know, that, and I think that's something that we're, we're, we as a collective are still learning because remind you again, we're going through this, uh, this big social breakdown. We had to break everything down. And, and right now as a, as a collective where we are rebuilding ourselves as people and as a community, right? Community is so much more important in this day and age, uh, to where, you know, it's forcing us to look within, but to be of greater support to each other. And I think, this isn't, this is the greatest time 
to actually be our best our best support for ourselves than to each other. We got to be each other's uh, overflow. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, man. Just tying into your, your math analogy. I remember showing my work and I used to get in trouble because I would make up my own way to do things. I mentioned I was a bit of a rebel and then they'd be like, Listen. you can't do it that way. And I'm like, do I got the right answer? I do. Uh, my way is better than yours. Um- <laughs> Listen, I, I agree. That's not the point you were trying to make, but that's where my brain went. I'm sorry. Um, I think you you spoke about something uh, very important a little bit earlier. I'd like to dial it a little bit back because, you know, essentially when when you are starting a business and when you're building a business, um, this quote is something I heard before I found success. And I was like, that's the stupidest quote I ever heard. But in retrospect, I'm like, wow, that was right. Um, Growing pains are harder than slowing pains. Um, so mm. when your business is really growing, you have to grow with your business. Not only your, your skill set needs to improve to the capacity that you're able to sell it. And that is a stressful time period. Like it's literally like being chased like a lion. And you can't stop if you wanted to, because there are other people that depend on you. You have clients that depend on you. You start having employees that depend on you. And there are times when you don't want to do anything at all, but you're forced to wake up and get out of bed and work because... If you don't, it's all going to fall apart. So we're talking about burnout now, James. Um, how Let's would you go. recommend um, people that are experiencing the state of burn- burnout, which is often going to happen in a state of growing pains? Um, what would you recommend to those people? <laughs> burnout. That is a subject that we as people don't talk about too much, Right. So for one, what is burnout to us? Everybody has a different definition according to their journey. So I'm not going to be the guy to be like, this is what you're going through. So at least I will say from, from my personal journey, burnout for me was steamrolling, the steamrolling effect. And, and, and I'm pretty sure in this, this episode, you, you guys have probably heard of steamrolling so many times, but it's, it's a big deal. And when you steamrolling, it's like you're just li- living that that Rolling Stone life in a sense. Just went, rinse, wash, repeat. And you just wake up, go to work, come home, do it all over again. It's like your routine takes a hold of your life. So for people that's dealing with burnout, right, um, what did I do? I had to get a routine. It, it, routine can be the most boring word, but you can redefine what routine is like to you. So for me, routine was like meditation. Um, so I remember at my previous job, I used to get up. By the time I get to work, I would I would do it like a practice. It's like LeBron James, you know, clapping baby powder into the stands before the game, right? Yeah, and he had like his own routine, but he dictated his experience, which led him to all of this success. Like, we got to really respect greatness. And when we see those types of greatness, it forces us, at least in my case, it forced me to tap into my own inner greatness. What do I need to do to, to be great? Again, it's a lot of, uh, behind burnout is accountability. It's funny how I'm saying the ABCs backwards, right? Burnout, then accountability, but it's really being accountable to yourself to where you can get to the total, you know, zenith of it all. Um, from the place of success and what is and really having a chance to define what is your version of success. Um, so accountability, building a routine, um, you know, I, and I had to ask myself a question. I do it every day now. 
how do I want to impact myself? How do I want to impact others? And it's a constant cycle every day. It's like daily questions that you ask yourself. Um, and what that can do, at least for me, what it did for me, it really forced me to change my way of thinking. And it got me into coaching where I'm, where I'm at right now with you guys. Right. So it just, it was just very interesting from that aspect. And it changed, it changed my entire environment. You said the key word earlier, acting, right? That's where it comes in. You have to, you have to deal with your fears. You have to deal with your fears. You can't, you can't live your life in uh, fear. You got to do things afraid. If your if your gut was like if your gut and your path is leading you to it, hey, take that leap, take that leap. I don't know how where that safety net is going to be at, but you're going to eventually land uh, safely. Everything works itself out. Routine is no everything. kidding. No kidding. Yeah, so I don't think I've shared this on this show, but I've overcome what's called panic disorder. Um, mm-hmm. which is literally panic attacks all the time. I was in a car accident. It might be like an offshoot of PTSD, honestly, but I couldn't functionally be in a car without having a panic attack. It was just impossible. Um, and that's what led me to wanting to ki- commit suicide because I couldn't drive anywhere and I needed to drive somewhere for work. And if I did it, mm-hmm. I felt like I was dying. So like I, li- I had to go through a battlefield of hell every single day. And, you know, um, somebody asked me, I was like, how do you overcome that? And I was like, well, I wish I had a better answer for you, but you need to face the fear and you just need to get comfortable with the discomfort. And I was like, for me, I lost all will to live. So if I died in that car, who gives a shit? Because I wanted to die anyways. Nice. So <laughs> it's like, I might as well just go out there and try to confront this fear. Um, and, you know, over time, you, you do get comfortable with the discomfort, but it's not something that's going to come easy. And, and, you know, you have to face this lion or whatever this challenge is. Nobody's going to do it for you. Everybody wants the magic pill. It's like, how do I do this? Is there a pill that I could take? The answer is no. You can't really solve anything with a pill. You could put a Band-Aid on it. But the true issue is always internal. And you can't do that. You can't solve these problems without actually confronting them. And that's the thing, Tim. It's funny how you say that, too. It's like... I came across this quote uh, one day and it's crazy how social media has evolved to where it's more engagement and community based. But to the point of the quote, it talked about like either it's essentially you want to say that you're one way or another, you're going to get hurt, right? You're going to get hurt whether if you let yourself go and be in this, this cloud of what if, or you could you chase your passions and you start getting you start getting comfortable being uncomfortable one way or another you're going to get hurt you might as well get you might as well take the route to where behind the hurt you're going to get rewarded for it mm-hmm. you know and it's exactly what you said i could i can i can definitely relate um to the panic attacks you know especially um dealing with ptsd and and dealing with that day in and day out for quite a bit of time it got to a place to where it's like, I'm hurting myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to, something has to be done. So it, it has to get better. And once you start climbing that, that mountaintop of, you know, of what, what success and healing is for you, you're going to have bruises on your fingers from, you know, from those rocks. You might have a rock fall down as you're climbing, hit, hit you in the head, but one way or another, it's all going to be worth it. All that pain is going to be worth it. Once you get to the top, you know, mm-hmm. leading le- leadership is a is a lonely job. 
and I and I come from a place of saying like leading yourself and leading others it, it's a it's a lonely job itself. So when you go through this this journey of your own version of success and what is your definition of being great, it's it's a process. Mm-hmm. No kidding, man. So yeah, I mean, as you said, you're going to experience pain. You're either going to experience the pain if it's a mental disorder, like in our example, you're going to experience the pain from the disorder, from the disorder itself, or you're going to experience the pain from confronting your disorder. You might, I mean, it's going to suck a little bit harder. I'll be honest. It's going to be a little bit worse to confront it, but over time it will minimize to a degree, depending on what it is. Um, I think the quote, if this is not the quote you're referring to, it certainly applies to what you're trying to say, but you're going to suffer the pain of discipline or you're going to suffer the pain of regret. You could choose which pain it is, but you're going to mm-hmm. get one of those without question. So I'll choose the pain of discipline over the, ch- the choice of the pain of regret all day, every day. Facts. That's that's a, a big deal. I It's bad enough I hate rain, uh, so I don't want to be in this cloud of what if. <laughs> so I would rather be in a position to where I can honestly say that, like, hey, I did if if I was to leave this earth, I did everything in my power to try to be to try to be great, leave a, a positive legacy and create positive impact. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, man. Um, so this will be a brief segue. I don't think it's too much of a hard right. Um, let's talk about life path and purpose. I think what you were just getting into is kind of into that. So so how do you find your life's path and purpose? And and on top of that, since you're coaching other people, how do you help other people find it? I'm, it's crazy how you asked that question, Tim. It was a fear behind that. It was a fear behind that because I thought I knew who I was. And when, coach, like, as mentioned before in my story, it came to me and it was like, it was a shock. Like, you know, it was more of a shock of the gift that I had as opposed to how the gift came to me, if that makes sense, right? So from the place of coaching, like, I remember I stayed before I asked my friend, like, hey, I'm thinking about being a coach. Hey, re, like, you know, I was went through a Lumia coaching school, right? And I told him, like, hey, read read this and see if this fits me. Because I was in a state of denial for myself. I was like, I was in that period. I was like, is this really me? Like, like is this my purpose? Like, what is going on? Like, where is this leading me? And I was still in that, that period to where I was still trying to figure it out. I was in, I was healing. My world was flipped upside down. My definition of everything has drastically changed. So that's where it came into play. Um, so for me, I asked my friend and he was like, yeah, that's you. We, we normally have morning check-ins before the store opened. And he was like, yeah, that's you. You always tied, you always tied life into everything that we talked about. We talked about basic stuff, and you know, it was to me. It just, it just hit me different when he said it. He was like, "Dude, we just talked about this last week to where you talked about this phone, and you talked about how you helped a military family connect with his with their dad that was in Iraq." And then when he said that, I was like, "Oh." So at first, when he told that story about me to myself, I, I remember I, t- I took like an extended break and I sat to myself. I was like, where is this leading me to? I was tripped out. I was going through a, a trip, trippy moment. I kid you not. I was sitting there just qu- It's like, it was like, I don't know if you've seen that meme where there's like a bunch of math problems just hitting you. 
yes, that's everything that happened. It was like, hold on, what's going on here? And then in my my space, in my own <clears throat> in my own mind, that's when it all hit me to all these past memories. And I was like, all right, I gotta deal with this. I went through a point and where the fear came in, it was like I was fighting myself. I was resisting myself from the aspect of like for a moment. It was like, I, this is not, I didn't expect myself to be a healer or to be a coach or to, you know, be in this position. Like, where is this taking me? And I, I just, it forced me to lean into it. It really forced me to lean into it. And I, and, I, and I say that from the place to where I made that choice to lean into it and deal with that fear. That fear of being a coach was greater than any other fear that I had. And once I leaned into it, I started seeing my environment, my world turn itself around. I think a lot of times when we go through burnout purpose or finding our purpose, there's a, a resistance period to where it's like you had your mindset on being one thing, you had a vision of being one thing, and then boom, you're being shown your gifts, you're being shown your talents. And it's like, oh, what if I lean in this way? It's like um, going into the sunken place of who you are at, at the core, the going inward. It, it for me it was a fear and i had to i just again fear you know that fear forced me to to get to this position to where it was like there's something beautiful on the other side that was the moment where the grass was greener on the other side so to speak absolutely so that what you just said brings up some john lennon quotes so i'll throw them out there um there's this is a this is a lyric from Strawberry Fields Forever, um, but living is easy with eyes closed, misunderstanding all you see. You talk about awareness so much, and that's just, I feel like that's a nice way to summarize it because uh -huh. when you're not paying attention to things, it's hard to be aware of anything. That's basically what the quote means. Um, it's easy when you're not paying attention. Um, and also on top of that, this is a quote that I have conflicting thoughts on, but John said, um, Life is what happens when you're busy making other plans. And I used to love that quote because life kind of takes you where you go. And mm. but then I just then I, I firmly started disagreeing with it. It's like life takes you places that you don't plan on going. If you don't make the plans and stick to the plans is what I started thinking, because like you could accomplish anything if you're consistent. But as I continue on this journey, I find life still takes me wherever the hell it wants to. Um, yes. <laughs> so so <laughs> it is ultimately a combination of the way that I have looked at this quote for my whole life. But it's just like, no, you need to take specific actions to accomplish what you want to. But you need to also embrace the fact that life is going to take you wherever the hell it wants to take you anyway. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, um, so that was a long wordy thing, but I wanted to also tap on what's something you said towards the beginning. You said um, you thought you knew who you were. And, and I think this is something, a, a big problem that a lot of people have. Um, I don't think anybody knows who they are. I think the people that spend the most work on themselves ultimately make the most money. Um, but every time, every time I think I know who I am. As we were just discussing, the world will throw some shit at me that I was not expecting. <laughs> so I like to humbly say, I don't know who the hell I am. I just know I need to get better every day. <laughs> That's all we can do. Yeah. That's all we can do, man. I mean, you brought up a valid point, man, in terms of dealing with that. And it was like, for me, I, it was one thing to be disassociated from people in my awakening, but it was another, it was a totally different paradigm once I had, I had to learn not even learn, but 
being disassociated with myself and really just like looking at myself in the mirror without the mirror. What does that mean, James? All right, cool. Answer. Going within. Simple, right? So it was like a lot of internal work and really don't you can't you don't know nobody knows how to expand unless you know how to do that within yourself. And I've what I've learned at least up until this point in my life is that you can't do anything without doing it for yourself. You can't you can't pour into others if you, you're not doing it for yourself. You can't um identify who you can't identify who others is if you're not identifying to who you are. There's a truth to everything. It's like you're you're coming out party in a sense from the aspect of like, oh, I'm a coach. Oh, I'm a healer. Oh, I help people around this. And really just settling in with that and being in love with that. And once you once you start, at least for me, once I started sitting with that and just going into that and really, I guess in simple terms, betting on myself from that aspect, everything changed. Everything changed. It was like the gift that I, I discovered that I had in terms of, you know, being a voice for for other people or be I was I would like to consider myself more of a vessel to other people mm-hmm. and to their path um but being that vessel and stepping into that it really expanded more of my gifts on an intuitive perspective I'm not going to say I, I do psychic reading or anything but from a you know from a place of relating and again go, reflecting back on your path and really understanding on a day in and day out basis like all right this is why I'm here it's, it was like a culmination of everything. It was like, you know, the Lion King circle of life type deal. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, man. There you go. Um, I, I love talking about betting on yourself. I think that's like my favorite thing to do. If I ever have a ton of money, I know I'm going to do the work. <laughs> so who am I going to bet on? I might as well bet on myself. Um, I, I love, um, I know the analogy of, of looking in the mirror is it, it, fairly common, but I say it all the time to people. It's like not only in in the frame of reference that you just mentioned, but it's like if you're not having the life that you want, you know, success is an internal thing. You need to stop looking at anything or anybody outside of that Mm -hmm. that dude in the mirror or or that chick in the mirror, the gal in the mirror. Whoever you are looking at when you look at the mirror, that is the source of all your problems. The sooner you recognize that, the sooner your life will improve. But oftentimes people look like I'm being like, I'm crazy when I did that, but like this person did this wrong to me. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. It was your fault for trusting that person move along. <laughs> but, um, awesome, dude. Um, so cool. Let's discuss what you're doing with work, man. So like if anybody listening to this show wanted to reach out to James Tate's, what would be the best way for them to get in touch with you, man? Best way to reach out to me. So I can be reached out on social media through um on instagram um you'll see a lot of my my fun posts i do them authentically i'm not a three post a day type of person but i post genuinely from the heart if you choose to check that out or if you need some inspiration at us at soul tribe transformations all one word um facebook same handle and twitter at soul tribe trans one Twitter didn't like the fact that I had a long handle, so I had to shorten it. But anyway, no, um, no, but um, in, in terms of services or anything like that, um, I could, it can be found in my link in bio um, or heal.me backslash uh, coach James. Um, I can be found from, found on there. 
uh, for for any of my services. Um, and I've also introduced uh, birth chart readings. So um, that was one big component. I know we didn't talk about it much, but astrology. I was introduced to astrology uh, throughout my journey and how that has really shaped my life um, from from the place of it being a compass and you know being in awareness. Um, but yeah, if you have any questions or if you want to just chop it up, um, I'm always here. So you can find me on those social media handles. Um, my email is jtates at soultribetransformations.com. So if you have any questions, concerns or anything like that, just, just reach out. I'm not a stranger. I promise. <laughs> All right, man. Um, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you for, for your candor and diving into some deep, dark moments, but also coming through with the epiphanies, man. James Tate's been an absolute pleasure, man. Thank you so much for giving us a glimpse into your life and into your business, brother. Um, and to those of you out there chasing freedom, freedom is accomplished one action at a time. Go out there and take a lesson from this episode. At a bare minimum, commit to being self-aware, self-reflecting, and taking massive action. If you could just do that one thing from this episode, you're going to have results. Um, so, as James also said, find somebody you know that will help hold you accountable. And before you know, you two will be living a life of freedom. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll catch you on the next one. Please like, comment, share, and subscribe. Engagement is like gold to us. We can't do what we're doing without it. Reviews and subscriptions, particularly on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, are worth more than money. So please do what you can to support the show. 